you would, go ahead and take your Bibles. We'll turn to uh, Mark chapter number 5 this morning. Mark chapter number 5. This passage of Scripture is uh, somewhat um, special to me because this is the exact passage of Scripture that God used in my life uh, to bring me to salvation in Jesus Christ. Um, I became a child of God when I was uh, 19 years old, June 26, 2002. I came into a relationship with Christ. And that moment uh, forever changed my life because the direction that I was heading, where God was, what God was doing in my life, how he was working in the background, God just kind of brought everything to a culmination on that day, and it just changed my whole life from that moment on. And strangely enough, I've never preached on this passage of Scripture um, until now. And uh, just what God does through this is, is just amazing. And um, if you've uh, been with us here, we've, we've been looking at this series about encounters with Christ and this is now our third encounter that we're going to look at. And it's encountering Christ uh, in a crowd. And you'll see this uh, account of this woman that what God does in her life in the midst of a large crowd and how God uses uh, this woman's things that she's been going through and how when she encounters Christ, her life completely changes forever. So if you're ready, say, let's go. Let's go. All right. Mark chapter number five. Here we go. We're again reading in verse number 21. It says, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him, and a great crowd, notice that, a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. What it says here in verse 27, she had heard the reports about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd, And touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him. Immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. Verse 33, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. You know, as we think of what we just read, I want us to really focus our attention here on this woman that had this issue of blood. Because 
if you're not careful, as you're reading through this portion of Scripture, she almost kind of gets lost. Because here's the scene. If you remember, uh, we looked at that one encounter when Christ, encountering Christ in the storm. Remember, Jesus gets in the boat. The disciples are there. A large storm comes. They're in the boat. They go over to this side. After they get off the boat, they meet this man who's possessed with a, with a demon. Comes out of the tombs. He's cutting himself, all kinds of stuff. Jesus heals that man. Then they get back in the boat and they go back to the other side. And when they get there, there's a huge crowd. And this one man named Jairus, he's a ruler of the synagogue of the Jews. He comes to Jesus. He's saying, hey, my daughter is at death's door. You need to heal her. Jesus says, all right, let's go. So as they're going, here comes this woman with this issue of blood. Almost kind of like an interruption, if you will. And Jesus heals her, and Jesus continues, goes on to Jairus' house, and eventually he heals uh, that, uh, the daughter of Jairus there. So you, I don't want you to get lost here with this woman that had this issue of blood, because God gives attention to her. God thinks it's important. God takes the time. And I think so many times in our life, we sometimes think that God sometimes doesn't care about the things that we're going through. God just kind of has kind of lost touch with us. But in James chapter 1.18, it tells us that God decided to give us life through the true message he sent to us. And he wanted us to be the most important of all that he created. Christ is willing and ready to meet us where we are. God loves us and desires to rescue us, to walk with us and change us. Many times people feel that because of their past experiences or past baggage or past life or past hurts or past letdowns or past judgments, that God neither wants to nor desires to love them and change their life. I think we can see this in this woman's life as well. She needed a spiritual breakthrough in her life. And when she met Christ, it changed her life completely forever. Do you need a spiritual breakthrough in your life? Do you need God to do something amazing and work in your life? Could it be a change in your life? Could it be a need for an answered prayer? Could it be for direction? Could it be for wisdom? Could it be because you have reached a low place in your life? Could it be because you don't have any hope? Whatever the situation is in your life, can I tell you that Christ can meet the need? Let's take notice a little bit more about this woman and the encounter that she has with Christ to give her the spiritual breakthrough that she so desperately needed in her life. Take notice here, first of all, spiritual breakthroughs begin with what we hear. Mark chapter 5, verse 24 through 27 says, And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood, notice this, for 12 years. That's a long time. Who had suffered much under many physicians, had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. And she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. 
What a sad situation that this woman finds herself in. She has this physical issue for 12 years, this problem that she had. She had financial issues. The Bible says that she spent all that she had to try to make herself better. She had social issues. She suffered much under many physicians. Her trust was all gone. She had been basically probably the result of botched medical procedures. And a bigger picture of this, because this lady was a Jew... Because she had this issue of blood, Leviticus 15, verse 25 through 27 tells us that because she had this, she was unclean. And therefore, she could not go into the temple to worship. And anybody that she touched or anything that she touched became unclean. She had some serious social issues. Nobody wanted to invite her over on Friday nights for a game of euchre. Nobody wanted to hang out with her. Nobody wanted to spend time with her. She basically became an outcast of society because she had these problems. She probably didn't get invited over. She didn't get to hang out with her friends. She wasn't even allowed to enter into the temple and to take part in religious ceremonies. Her social life was a mess. She had emotional and mental issues. Can you imagine what this disease had caused upon her life for 12 years? The Bible says that she was growing worse. She spent all that she had, but was no better, but rather grew worse. I can't tell you how many times that it seems like when we get into some physical situations where our health is a decline, that... Our mental and our, 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 our emotional state seems to decline because it seems like nothing is happening. It seems like we're getting worse and worse and worse. She needed a spiritual breakthrough. And notice what it says. Where, where did her spiritual breakthrough begin? It says she had heard the reports about Jesus. Isn't this where it all begins for us? After we have tried everything else we hear about Jesus... Can I tell you that the church cannot do for you but what only Jesus can do for you? This pastor cannot do for you but what only Jesus can do for you? It's all about Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can provide the spiritual breakthroughs that we need in our life. She had heard the reports about Jesus. You know, I often think, were these reports that maybe she had heard from other friends or relatives or maybe there was a a group of people that she was hanging out with that had some real serious physical problems as well and maybe she heard a report of one of them being healed or maybe she read about in the Jerusalem Times I don't know but whatever it was she heard about the reports of Jesus and what he could do for her and she said this is what I need This is what I need in order to have a spiritual breakthrough because I have tried everything else. I've spent all my money. I've been to all the doctors. And yet I'm just getting worse. I need Jesus Christ. You know, as as good as you heard or imagined that Jesus is, he is so much better. In Psalms 19, verses 7 through 8, says that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. 
The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What spiritual breakthrough do you need in your life? Christ and his word are completely capable of doing exceedingly above all that you could ever think, all that you could ever ask, and all that you could ever imagine in your entire life. You say, what are some things that I might need? Well, you might need salvation. Second, Second Timothy 3.15 says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. It can powerfully work in you. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is truth, the word of God, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. It is able to nourish you and help you grow. 1 Peter 2, 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God, that you may grow thereby. It is able to build you up, tells us in Acts 20, 32. It says, And now, brethren, I command you to God, and that the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. 2 Timothy 3.16, it is able to keep me on God's path. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It can make me strong. 1 John 2.14, I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written... Unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the world. It can give me assurance. 1 John five thirteen. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It can keep me from sin. Psalm 119, verse 11 and 133 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. It can keep me from error. Matthew twenty two twenty nine. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. It is able to warn me. Now all these things happen unto them for in samples that they are written for our admonition. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 through 12. It is able to protect me and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Ephesians six seventeen. It is able to pierce my soul for the word of God is quick. It's live. It's, it's, it's powerful. It's, it's able to divide our hearts. And, and those the very thoughts and the intents of our hearts is what Hebrews 4.12 tells us. It can keep me from fearing the future and ye shall hear of wars. Side note, the world didn't end. So. It can keep me from, hearing, from fearing the future and ye shall hear the wars and rumors of war. See that ye not be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Matthew 24, verse 
verse 6 and verse 35. It is able to give me a song in my heart. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, Colossians 3.16. It is able to give me joy. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes, Psalm 19, verse number 8. It can encourage me and cause me to keep on keeping on. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Romans 15, verse number 4. It can set me free. Then Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. He says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, verse 31 through 32. It can make me holy. It tells us, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. And it can save and deliver my soul. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. James 1, 21. And it can point out Jesus Christ, the object of saving faith. It says, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. John chapter 20, verse 31. Spiritual breakthroughs begin with what we hear. Make the connection. The connection is the word of God And my spiritual breakthrough. Sometimes in our life, the reason why we don't encounter spiritual breakthroughs is because we are not allowing the word of God to work in our life. And we have to have those connection. Look to your neighbor. Tell them, you need the word of God. You need it. I need it. All of us need the word of God in order to have a spiritual breakthrough in our life. This woman's spiritual breakthrough began with what she heard. She heard the reports of what Christ had done. Could it be that she heard of people that had been raised to life? Could it be that maybe she heard about that that man that was living in the tombs that had been cutting himself and, and the man was healed? Could it be that she heard the reports of saying, but, you know, just people just by touching him, that they would be healed of all their diseases. Whatever it was that she heard, she made the connection. My spiritual breakthrough is going to have to begin with Jesus Christ. And that's what we need in our life. So spiritual breakthroughs begin with what we hear. I want to show you a second thing about this. Spiritual breakthroughs involve the small things. Look at Mark chapter 5, verse 27 through 29. It says, She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch just his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. You know, it amazes me of how God works in our life. I don't know about you, but... For some reason, we, we kind of get in this pattern when we need a spiritual breakthrough in our life. That we want God to do some type of giant production. Like, you know, like, God, 
if you're going to do this in my life, I want you to write in the clouds, I heard you and I will do this. And it doesn't happen. Or sometimes we think, God, if you're really serious about this, and if you really, 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 really going to do this in my life, I want to make sure that there's 47 Volkswagen VWs that drive by my house, all of them red, except one of them is going to be pink. We're always looking for some giant thing that God is going to use. But can I tell you, when you survey the scriptures, God always uses the small things in our life to bring about spiritual breakthroughs. Sometimes God doesn't choose to work the way that we think that he should work. Sometimes he uses small things to bring us to our knees. Sometimes he uses the least ordinary things, things that we wouldn't even expect. God uses those to bring us a spiritual breakthrough in our life. Could be a random act of kindness. Could be the birth of a baby. Could be the simplicity of a child. Could be an unexpected circumstance. God uses different things to bring about the spiritual breakthroughs in our life. All in his timing. For this woman it was simply Christ's garments, his clothes. In other accounts of this it talks about, that says that touching the very hem, the fringe of his garment. You know whether it be a a shirt sleeve, just just the very fringe of it. Brought about the spiritual breakthrough. Now were Jesus' clothes magical? No. They were ordinary clothes. Just like what you and I would wear. But God chose to use that. The small thing. To bring about this woman's spiritual breakthrough in her life. So we can't get distracted in thinking that it was the clothes that healed this woman. It was the Christ who healed her. God just happened to use those clothes in her circumstance to bring about that spiritual healing. We wonder why God does this. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 through 29 says, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human might be boasting in the presence of God. He lists five things there that God uses. He says foolish things, weak things, base things, despised things, and things which are not. Why? So that no human can say, I did it. Look what I did. Look at me. Hey, I got through this spiritual breakthrough all by myself. God doesn't work that way. And sometimes he uses the small things in our lives to bring about spiritual breakthroughs. He sometimes uses a small, still voice. He uses the least He used a baby named Jesus to change the course of all human history. God used Moses' rod or stick to defeat the armies of Egypt. He used David to destroy the Philistine giant with only a slingshot. 
God used Gideon, an army of only 300 men, to slaughter the huge army of the Midianites of 135,000 men. That's an amazing story if you ever get a chance to read. Judges chapter 7, verse 16 through 22. Here's, here's uh, Gideon and his army. God says, you got way too many. And they're going to go up to battle with an army of 135,000 men. And God keeps whittling it down, whittling it down, whittling it down to there's only 300 men. Basically, the ratio is 450 Midianites to every one uh, Israelite. And what do they use? God says that they use trumpets and torches. They go into the camp there, and God says, all right, you're going to blow these trumpets, and you got the torches, and this is like they're, the, the armies that sleep in their tents, right? They're like, they're like sawing logs, okay? They're sleeping like a baby. And so they're in there, and they blow the, they blow the trumpets, and they got the torches, and these guys get such in a frantic, they, they're, they're going, oh man, we're under attack. They grab whatever weapon they have. And they just woke up and they start killing their own guys. God used just trumpets and torches to bring about a spiritual victory in their life. Rahab used a piece of red rope and it saved her entire family. A young boy brought few loaves and fishes to Jesus who used them to feed thousands. Never underestimate the smallest things that God will use in your life to bring about a spiritual victory. Why does he do this? Because he doesn't want any flesh to glory in his presence. He wants to say, God, you use this? I would have never thought that. God, you use this in my life to help me through this. And God will do that. I want to give you a third thing here. Spiritual breakthroughs require us to reach out and touch him. Notice in Mark chapter 5 verse 21 through 34 it says, And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceiving in himself the power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. You know, you can almost picture the scene here. I mean, in in, in your mind. I mean... See the giant crowd, I mean, that's thronging Jesus, that's pressing Jesus. And this woman is, she, she's, she's heard the reports, just touch his garment. And maybe he's way up there and, and she's trying to inch her way through the crowd. She's getting closer and closer and closer. And she's within an arm's distance reach now. And she's, all I have to do is just touch it, just barely touch it. And I'll be healed. And she gets within finger reach and she touches. And immediately she knows that she's healed. And the crowd is around Jesus. And it says that. It says immediately the flow blood dries up. And look at this. Immediately Jesus turns around in the crowd and says, who touched me? I mean, do you not think that there were other people that were pressing on Jesus and touching him at the same time? Absolutely. 
But this touch was different. He knew that power had gone out from him and somebody was healed. Says there, who touched my garments? Who touched me? Knowing what had happened to her, Jesus knowing what had happened to him, he realizes and knows that somebody has had a spiritual breakthrough in their life. Spiritual breakthroughs require us to reach out and touch him. The cure was instant. It was immediately. And can I tell you, when God gives spiritual breakthroughs in our life, it's immediately. He doesn't let you suffer. He doesn't let you linger. It's immediate. God does that. With the touch of this woman was the knowledge of healing. And you know, it's almost impossible to explain this because there's a connection that was made there. She knew it and Jesus knew it. With the whole crowd around, they both knew it. And every time spiritual breakthroughs occur in your life, in my life, there is a reality of Christ that is connected with that. That faith is at work within us to produce a change for the better. You see, our spiritual breakthrough is an act of faith on our part. This woman's faith was her hearing, knowing that Christ could do this. And she said, but I could just touch him. That was the faith. That was the faith for her, is just to reach out and touch him. You see, for us, God brings us to our knees so that we would stop considering everything else in our life for a breakthrough. So that we may totally depend completely upon him for the spiritual breakthrough. And that's exactly what God wants for our lives. He wants us to bring us to a place where we quit depending upon ourselves, trusting in the arm of the flesh, that we would depend upon him totally, completely, 100%. And God gets us to that place in our life where we say, I need Jesus, I need him. And I'm going to reach out and I'm going to touch him by faith. Look at verse 33. Knowing what had happened to her, it says that she came in fear And trembling, and she fell down before him. Every word of that is so expressive. It's so heartfelt. We can see that. I mean, she she knew what had happened. Jesus turns around. She's in fear. She's trembling. She's before him. And she tells him everything. She says, oh, Jesus, my life was such a mess. Jesus, my life was, was I, I've suffered so much. Jesus, I've had this for 12 years. You healed me. I love this. This is such a beautiful picture of our Savior, of what God does for us in the, in the moment of our spiritual breakthroughs. Because when she is healed of her disease... You would think almost in a sense that she almost kind of like stole something from Jesus. I mean, she didn't ask for it to be healed. She went and took it. And you almost think that Jesus is going to turn around and rebuke her and say, Why did you touch me? I wasn't ready to heal you yet. 
But listen to what Jesus says to her. He says to her daughter, your faith has made you whole. It's made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. He grants her a spiritual breakthrough much more than what she was seeking. Her original thought was just to be made well. But what does Jesus say to her? He adds to that. He says, you go in peace now. He says, you now are going to live in a realm of peace in your life. Much more than just being healed of your physical needs. He says, you are going to live now with eternal deeds that have been done to you. You're going to experience those, those eternal blessings that have been given to you through me. Go in peace. Live in that realm of peace now. He moves us. Jesus moves us into a deeper relationship with him. I often find sometimes in my life when there are needs, that there are difficulties in life, and I need God to do something, God to break through, God to provide. And when I reach out and I touch him by faith, that God just doesn't take care of that issue. He moves me past that. And now I am living and dwelling in a whole new realm of his knowledge of who he is. And that's what God is always doing. He's always advancing us, always taking us from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. And the spiritual breakthroughs that we experience in our life are for our good. Because we learn how to depend upon him more. We learn how to trust him more. We learn how he works in our life. And God is always doing that through our spiritual breakthroughs. James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says it this way. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You see, for as we trust him in the trials, God can use the difficult trial to mold us, to mature us, so that we will become more and more like Jesus Christ. So can I ask you this morning, do you need a spiritual breakthrough in your life? Could it be something that you have not told anybody else about? Could it be something that is a a war that's going on in your soul right now? And you need a spiritual breakthrough. You need the word of God. God's going to use small things. It's going to require for you to have faith knowing that God will take care of the situation. And you simply trust him. You turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's pray.